comics, movies, music, video games, technology, Blu-ray, television. This is the HHW LOD Podcast Network. <gasps> oh, great Odin's Raven! Episode 219. Every time Catherine revved up the microwave, I'd piss my pants and forget who I was for a half hour or so. It's 30 minutes away. I'll be there in 10. I'll be there in 10. Is this a five-minute argument or a full half hour? You have 30 minutes to move your car. Your car. You have 30 minutes to move your cube. Your cube. You are listening to a half hour wasted. This is the best we can do. Dear Journal, how are you? I am fine. Today was so much fun. I met up with Brad and Bill to record episode 219 of A Half Hour Wasted. We watched Turge's first t-ball game and Bill was coaching. Then we sat down over some bags of Capri Sun and talked about the movie Thor. But before I headed to the game, I placed an order with DCB Service. Journal, did you know that you can save like 35% on your orders? It's true. Anyway, so as I walked up to the t-ball field, I saw Brad. He was giving me a play-by-play of the game. Turge was on second base and the other two... Stuck on second base. He's supposed to have ran to third and yet he is just standing on second base. If you're just tuning in, we're at a t-ball game. There goes Sage, he's running to third. Bill McGonnell, the voice McGonnell, is uh, Sage's coach on the new uh, on Sage's new T-ball team, and uh, Frank and I just wandered in. I, I was lucky enough to see Sage bat, and uh, he made it to first base, and then another kid bat, and he made it to second base, and then now Sage was on second base, and um, another kid hit the ball, and the guy in first base ran to second, and Sage just stayed on there in second. He just stayed there. So after some coaxing, he went to third, and now he's standing literally on top of third. He is. He's got both feet on the base. Actually, all the kids have both feet on the bases. They don't understand the, the concept to just put one on the bag and, and reach towards the next yeah. the next goal. But uh, luckily, if we're lucky here, we're going to get to see Sage run in and score. And Bill, uh, Bill looks like he's giving good direction to these kids. He's explaining what to do to the ball. He's being patient. Um and there's the professor. Yeah, yeah we're going to... Hey, professor, how are you? He's about to come home. He's going to... We're going to cheer him on, okay? All right. We're going to cheer Say John when he comes running in. Bill looks... Uh, okay. Like a, All right, record it. Record it, Brad. All right, go, Sage! Sage! Go, Sage! Go, Sage! Go, Sage! Go, Sage! Say, yay, Sage! 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 Good job, Sage! 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 Yay, Sage! 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 You're gonna win. Good job. Good job, buddy. Hey, Sage. We're really proud of you. You did good. Nice score. Nice score. Good job. All right. This is a this is a different 
Bill than I've ever seen. He has more patience than I've ever seen. He actually is smiling a little bit. Not I, that Bill never smiles, yeah. but, but... I would have thought it would be more like herding cats and just Bill, like, pulling at his hat and throwing it on the ground and stomping. Yeah, I, I imagined I'd, I would have already seen that, but he never... He hasn't pulled his hat off once. Uh-huh. And now it looks like he's telling one of the coaches what's to, what to do, what the deal is. Each each base, except for the except for second base, each base had its own coach. Like each team had a had a coach out on first. Yeah, so, the, the kids need a uh, coaxing as to whether to go to second, when to go to second and third and stuff. This is this has been pretty fun. I've never seen it, they do look like ants, and then when they when they do hit the ball. They either run like one kid. He hit the ball. He made a beeline for third, and the and his teammate was on third, and they passed each other like cars on a highway. So, oh kids. Yeah. Okay. So this uh, so it's Saturday, co- free comic book day. Have you done any free comic book stuff? I've went to I went to two stores, and I hit up Madness, and then uh, I hit up no I hit up Lone Star first, and then I hit up Madness, and. Uh, you know they were putting uh, Lone Star was had a limit of three books, so I grabbed three books that I figured might have been picked up uh, that might not be at Madness already. You know, and uh, then I went to Madness and found them there anyway. So I ended up getting six books. What did you see crowd-wise? Uh, well, I heard the um, the lady the lady in um, pretty windy. The lady at. Uh, Lone Star said that they'd already had like 200 people in the store and I got there at noon. I'm sure they opened at 10 or something, but they said it's been one of the busiest uh, days that they've ever had and I spoke to Bill earlier to try to find out some details about the ball game and he was already at Madness about 10.30 in the morning. He said that he said the line was to, to check out was the longest he's ever seen at a comic book store. That's good to hear. Yeah, he said it was nuts. It was absolutely crazy. Well, another big thing that happened this weekend was Thor came out, and we've all seen it separately. And Brad, your thoughts? I loved it. I can't think of one bad thing about it. If I had to nitpick about something, I'm sure I could come up with something, but I was pleased. You know, I'm I'm not a huge Natalie Portman fan. Yeah, she's cute, but she seems to be kind of a cardboard actor. But And I never did see Black Swan, but I've seen everything else she's been in, and she seemed... A little different in this movie. I liked it. She was good, but um, I think Kenneth Branagh did a really good job. I think he made uh, the the uh, Asgard scenes not stuffy. He made them fun and easy to understand. You know, for somebody of, of my intelligence, which is not saying a lot, but um, it was a good mix of Asgard and Earth time. And uh, the special effects are great. I saw it in 3D. I, I honestly can't think of anything, any scene that benefited from the 3D. I don't, I don't think it necessarily needed 3D, but it was not distracting. It was not distracting, so uh, it was. Uh, I enjoyed it immensely. I, like I said, I can't really think of anything I didn't like. And uh, being a huge Foo Fighters fan, it was nice to hear one of their new songs from their new album in the in the movie itself it played over the credits but it was also in the scene with the bar when uh, the older gentleman uh, took uh, Thor to the bar and they had some they had some beverages and it was playing in the background but uh, they had a couple boilermakers 
Yeah, I was trying to remember what that was. <laughs> Boilermakers. What was that stuff in the little glass that they drank? Whiskey. Whiskey, okay. Um, it, it's, it's a solid movie. It's a good movie. Everyone loves it. It's, it, it's, it's good. I really liked it. Um, it seems like Marvel is coming out with a house style of movie making because this felt style-wise a lot like Iron Man to me. And maybe a little bit like The Incredible Hulk, the, the second one. Um, can't find anything wrong with the movie. It, it was a solid movie. It was by the numbers. It, it was It's what you expect. It was happy. You know, people were laughing in the audience. People were having a good time. You know, I think it's gonna do. I think it's gonna do really well. Story plot wise went really went very well. It seems like the only thing people can do is nitpick about the movie because you have to really struggle to find something wrong with the movie because it's a solid movie. Um, I thought Thor's attitude changed a little too quickly when he couldn't pick up the hammer. That's about it. You know, he became he went from arrogant to humble Thor in just a matter of seconds. I can see where you'd think that. Um, I, I I did kind of pick up on that a little bit, but then I thought, you know, he 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 expected nothing more than to just be able to reach over with one hand and pick that hammer up, and that must have been a devastating blow to him emotionally to not be able to do that. And that, you know, every once in a while we get a two by four in life. We get a two by four upside the head to make us realize, holy crap, I need to do something or this is a major deal or whatever and that was Thor's 2 by 4 to the head you know uh, not so much being banished but when he when he realized the hammer was there I'm sure he thought his problems were over and then he went to find the hammer and he couldn't do a thing with it that had to be you know I, I'm not a god or anything but it had to be kind of humbling for, for, for the god um, I think Russell said um, Russell Latham from yeah. the Legion of Dudes I think Russell said if he had to nitpick, he would he would have said something like uh, he didn't think Volstag was voluminous enough. <laughs> but I I thought he did that Ray Stevenson, uh, who was the Punisher in the last Punisher movie, by the way. Uh, I thought he did really well. Um, I th- I thought he played it just enough. I mean, you, you while you never saw saw him do anything crazy, you heard that he ate three boars and you heard that he you know drank like two tins of or two barrels of ale and stuff i i thought that that was enough for me yeah i mean you know we got to see him eating a little bit and there was a one scene that had a couple of quick shots him shoving stuff in his mouth and all but um he did there was one shot where you could really tell that he he had a belly he wasn't like voluminous like in in the recent thor book but uh but still he had enough of the humor and um, I liked uh, I liked the uh, the Green Arrow guy. I'm not sure what his Hawkeye. No, um, he was good. Oh that oh yeah that guy the um, one, of one of the gods yeah one of the Warriors three. You know he always to me he always reminds me of Oliver Queen. Fendral was that his name? I'm afraid I, I don't know. I, I knew what the character I knew who the characters were, but I didn't under, get their names and stuff. Yeah, I can't remember. But you guys know who I'm talking about. It's not Volstag and his. It's uh, he's the smaller of the, of the three, smallest of the three guys. But anyway, um, you know, uh, let's talk. Go ahead. Oh, there's just mass confusion on on the field. Um, one kid ran in for a for a home run, not a home run, but he ran into home, and so the third place guy ran with him. <laughs> the other team, and they had to point him back to go. No, 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 you have to stay here. This is reminiscent of us uh, getting ready for a recording session. Oh my gosh, this is way more organized, Brad. Yeah, I know. Um, but yeah, overall, I thought the 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 movie was solid. I really liked what they did with 
Loki in that I was under the impression that right when the movie started and they talk about we have the ice giant said we have someone living or someone already there in Asgard I thought oh Loki's a secret agent and that's going to come out later and I really thought I kind of rolled my eyes a little bit but um, when it came out that he was actually an abandoned uh, an abandoned baby and so he didn't know what his true origin was that was I thought that was really nice that took me by surprise that was taken from uh, JMS's recent run on Thor his his you know first 12 issues or whatever and he received story credit in this movie and in fact JMS J Michael Straczynski was the guy who got out of the truck at the when the hammer landed and he was the first guy to uh, try to attempt to pick up the truck that was right that was jms but um so they pulled a lot of his story one element of which was loki being an abandoned frost giant frost giant child so i had forgotten about that but when i saw him pick up that casket and his hand started turning blue or maybe somebody touched him somebody touched him i can't remember exactly what happened but that's when it came back and i was like oh yeah so that was a nice surprise for me as well um Want to talk about the end scene? Yeah, let's talk about the final scene. This is after the credits. Um, I had to I had to ask you dudes on an email what that was. You want to go ahead and fill us in? That, uh, if I'm not mistaken, was the Cosmic Cube, which logically should play a part in the upcoming Captain America movie, which is what a month away, maybe? Um, yeah, about a month. And there have been uh, shots of of the Red Skull holding the the Cosmic Cube, so we do know it's going to play a part. Oh, I haven't I haven't seen those, so that's that makes sense. That's cool. Now let me ask you: Do you think? Um, and I wish I could remember his name, but it's uh, Natalie Portman had two uh, partners. One was a one was a male. One was a, one was an older male. One was a girl. Right. So, and the younger girl, she was funny, but um, the older man. Uh, uh, just hold on. Too windy. All right. So, All right, the older man. Um, her partner, I can't remember his name, he shows up at the end and finds Nick Fury waiting for him and he's got the he's got the cube, the cosmic cube with him, but in the mirror, after the old man, the older gentleman sees the cube, we we see Loki in a reflection of a mirror next to him and Loki says something and then the guy repeats it. So at this point I'm wondering, well is Loki there and just nobody notices, or is he inhabiting that man's person? And I'm not really clear as to as to what that is yet. I think Loki was working the same magic that he did in Thor when they had that conversation at the site. Uh, I, you know, Thor can see him, but no one else can see him, or he's he's in his head. But um, apparently, he was controlling him, a la something like the Force. You know, he was kind of guiding this man as to what to do. Um, it has been. Uh, there has been. Um, there was a press release out that Loki is going to be in the Avengers. He is going to be one of the the bads in it. I hadn't heard that yet, so that's cool. So, I can see how he might actually be controlling uh, that the the gentleman, uh, or I can also see how he might just be observing. He just might be there. He might have just followed the guy, or might have been drawn to the the power source that is the cube, or whatever. But either way, I had no idea that Loki would be involved, and I'm glad he is because I really liked his character. I thought he did a really good job. Agreed. I thought he was surprisingly, you know, I thought for such a slight guy, how's he going to carry this off? And he held his own. He was it was really good. Now, let me ask you, that long bridge that Thor had to destroy was that the Rainbow Bridge? Yes. 
because it didn't really look rainbowish to me. I think it would have been a little hokey if it had been truly rainbow, but it had enough of a of a prism sparkle to where if I were to see that, I would call it a rainbow bridge. Was that your way of saying being politically correct and saying not as gay? Yes. Okay. Um, I, it did look like it had all the different colors, but it wasn't. It didn't look like a quote unquote rainbow. But I kind of assumed that that's what that's supposed to have been. Um, I loved the special effects. The Asgard special effects just looked so good to me, and the outer edge of the realm itself, I thought was cool with the water spilling off over it. Um, too windy still? No, we're good. All right. I uh, I really enjoyed pretty much everything about it. Yeah, they um, yeah they hit a home run. They're gonna have a hit on their hands. What did you think of that final? We had cheers in the theater for the final when right when the movie end when it that slate came up that said Thor will return in the Avengers. Yeah, the some of the there was a handful of people that were left, and a lot of the fanboys uh, cheered at that, and uh, then you know the smart ones sat and waited even longer for that extra scene. Um, I kind of assumed I would see Nick Fury, and you know we did, but I had absolutely no idea what the scene was was going to be like. So, you know, at the time when I saw it, um, I it wasn't like one of those oh wh- oh wow one of those movies. It kind of had to be explained to me a little bit because I didn't realize it was the com- Cosmic Cube, and I didn't I don't quite still understand the significance that the Doctor is going to play in that. Though I'm sure that will be revealed at some point, but. Because he seemed like such a, a minor character. He was just someone for... He was the wise guy for Natalie Portman to bounce ideas off of, you know. I wish I could remember his name because... I, and I'm wondering if it, if it had any... Look it up on your phone, can you on IMDb? If it had any significance, that character or not. Um, yeah, overall, it, it was a very good movie. Very excited. Um, Marvel franchise is hitting a home run. They did make a Hulk reference in there. Yeah, he, well, they mentioned... Gamma radiation, a scientist talking about gamma radiation. Yeah, but they never mentioned Bruce Banner or anything like that. But yeah, it was nice that they did fit that in there. I um, I do have to say that the S.H.I.E.L.D. organization comes across as a bunch of jerks. That and almost, <laughs> almost goofballs in a way. You know, I like humor. I like Coulson a lot. And one of my favorite lines in the whole movie was when Thor referred to him as... Son of Cole. Son of Cole, yeah. yeah. I liked that a lot. But um and I also like the bit where the destroyer shows up in the desert and they're like, Is that one of Starks? And he don't he never tells me anything. But uh yeah, I mean they always kinda have come across as jerks, but I guess when you have that much power and responsibility on your shoulders you don't have time to explain to this little girl why you're stealing all her stuff, you know? So, but I guess that's that's just the role that that um, that Shield plays when when they're with you when you're on their side. <laughs> look at this. <laughs> Are they fighting over? No. Um, so all four kids ran for the ball, and then the kid the right kid running ran into them, and it was just cute. Like bowling. <laughs> um, yeah. If you if you're working with Shield or doing the right thing, if you're outside and don't know what Shield is, they look like a bunch of jerks. Yes. You know, Colson. Yay! That's the game. All right. Woo! This is this tee ball is basically just to teach him the concept of when you hit the ball, you run towards this base, not that one. You go this way. When 
the game's over, you line up and you you, yeah. you congratulate the other team. You know, this you is good sportsmanship. Team. Yeah, and uh, you know, I've seen, I saw some kid reach down and grab some gravel and throw it up in the air. <laughs> Bill earlier said he saw a kid, you know, picking flowers and stuff <laughs> like that. You know, and I did that when I when I played. I didn't play t-ball, but I played little league, and I remember being out in in uh, right field. You know, just looking up at the sky and picking dandelions that were, you know, I could hear my mom and dad yelling at me, pay attention. Yeah. I played junior league football and um, same thing. It was kind of like we'd goof off and then, you know, you'd hear my dad, for God's sakes, this isn't free. What did you think about um, Stellan Skarsgård is that? Is that actor's name? His name was Eric Selvig. Is the character's okay. name? Is the character's name? So, if any of you guys know what that is, post on our, send us an email or post us a um, something on the forum. What did you think about Anthony Hopkins? I thought he was. Oh my gosh, he was. Uh, <laughs> he was really good. <laughs> now, was he? Hello, Clarice. Was he that guy? Who was it that played Silence of the Lambs guy? Was that? Oh yeah, that was Anthony Hopkins. I never saw Silence of the Lambs, so obviously he looks different now than he did then. But I bought it. I mean, it, it, I wasn't thinking. You know, a lot a lot of times you'll see when you when you watch the movie, you'll hey, how come somebody's batting? I guess. Yeah, I guess they had one more play to like maybe because I think they all need the bat. So maybe maybe when the kids didn't bat yet. Oh, okay. Well, you know, now the game's over, right? Oh, we've got another batter. They all have to bat, I think, so. Okay, maybe Bill was just trying to kill it right at 3 o'clock or something? Yeah, maybe. Yeah, it's 3.03. Um, when I saw Anthony Hopkins up there, I wasn't thinking, oh, there's Anthony Hopkins. You know, I was thinking, there's Odin. You know, like... Uh, he had a presence that you that you believed he was this majestic guy. Yeah, yeah, and let me ask you this. I don't remember Odin... Uh, having a, an eye patch in in the comic, does he? Yeah, I think he lost his eye somewhere, but he's a god, so I think it grew back. I'm, I'm pretty ignorant about about the. This kid, the first time I saw him bat, he's already batted once today. The first time I saw him bat, he hit the ball and he ran. He stopped halfway, took his batting helmet off, threw it on the ground, and then ran the rest of the way to first base. And he just did that now. <laughs> Here, let's go st- stand in the shade a little bit. It's getting warm. Yeah, it's but um, yeah, they did. Uh, yeah, I think he lost his eye, but I mean, he's a god; he can grow it back, right? Well, I would if I if I could grow <laughs> things back, I would. You know, uh, Mrs. Thor, his mom, didn't really play much of a role. <laughs> you know, I mean, they could have. You know, I like Renee Russo as much as the next guy does, but they could have had. You know. Jane Doe play her, and it they really could have. It wouldn't have, you know, she didn't, she wouldn't have missed much by not, but you know, maybe Kenneth Branagh had something to do with that. And that, see, that kind of took me out. If they had had a Jane Doe, I would have not said, hey, there's the girl from Lethal Weapon 2. Yeah, you know what I mean, or <laughs> yeah. 3 or whatever it is. Um, but every time I see her, I think, oh, there's Lethal Weapon. I think, uh, you know, my only expectation is that she's going to play a bigger role maybe in the Avengers movie. I mean, or in future movies. Well, I mean, why get a big name like that? And, and you know, I, I mean, medium name, I guess. She used to be big, not anymore. 
I I couldn't answer, man. I like, or maybe she had a bigger part in the movie that just got cut. That's true. That's true. A lot of times, you know, like um, in the in the new sequel to The Hangover, Liam Neeson had a cameo in it, but apparently it's been cut. So, you know, in a lot of the promos and 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 uh press anyway i've heard about it it's you know they've always mentioned liam neeson being in it well his apparently his hey sage is batting again oh okay let's watch him let's pay attention to this okay so sage is up sage mcgonnell is uh somehow he just hit it back towards the catcher (laughs) i'm not too sure about that and somehow he's batting a thousand his average look at this he is uh okay he's actually he's actually swinging the wrong way swinging it the wrong way yeah Oh, he got it. All right. Go, Sage. Go, Sage. Go. Go, Sage. Go. And he made it the first. That's awesome. He was holding the hat. It's totally different than the other guy who wanted the hat off as soon as possible. All right. And this, uh, I noticed the other team seemed to be co-ed. Are we co-ed here? Uh, I haven't seen any females. Okay. The only females I've seen in the dugout are Zoe and the professor. Yeah. I think, no, that's not Zoe. No, that's Zoe. Is it Zoe? Yeah. Oh, okay. I wonder why wonder why Bill called the game and, and yet they're still going. Maybe maybe because it was 3 o'clock, but the other team, maybe they gave him time. Yeah, maybe so. Because Bill said they started like 20 minutes late. Or the professor said that anyway. I think we should call start calling him coach. Oh, let's do it. The coach. The coach, the professor, the judge, and uh, the, and Bra- and the Brad. The jerk. <laughs> the Brad. Hey, professor, how are you? This is so exciting. I know, Sage is doing a great job. Yes, he is. He's great. I told him to watch the ball, and he watched the ball. <laughs> why uh, Why did Bill call the game at 3, and then they continued we to play? 15 minutes late, and at first they wanted us to end at the normal time, but then when they realized that we had started late, they extended it. Okay. All right. Cool. Is this it? Is this game? All right. Go. Go, Express. 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 This is the most important part of the game is yeah. expressing the sportsmanship. This is actually um, number four here. It or, reminds me a lot of, of Bob Heine's child, actually. Oh, yeah. Wait, look who's still on second. <laughs> is Sage Sage ran out to second. <laughs> or did he just stay? Oh, look, he's running. Like, uh, now he's running the third. He's taking a victory lap. Oh, like now he's, he's taking a victory lap. Oh, come on, Sage. Don't miss out. Don't miss out. Knock somebody over to get to it. There you go. I like that Sage... Hey, Zoe, I like that Sage... Look, he's on the wrong side. I like that Sage took a victory lap around the bases. That's nice. That's nice. All right, Sage. This is the first game, isn't it? Yeah. 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 All right, go Express! Express! Boys! We're going to Disney World! Woo! Express! 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 Yeah, I know. Don't say that. That kid's already putting his Mickey Mouse on. <laughs> Guess what? Here, you let me all go. are real live baseball players now. Congratulations to you. That was really cool. I had fun watching you guys play, and I hope you had fun too. Right. Woo! Oh, cool. Right. So, guys, you all should be proud. 
you all should be kind of sunburned, kind of tired. So go home and watch some Rangers baseball. Have some fun. We're going to practice on Thursday night, everybody. Okay? Good job, guys. You guys did good. Great job. We have a snack for you. Go Express! That was a good cup speech. Yeah, I'm impressed. Bill... You know, but then again, we shouldn't be surprised. <laughs> well, and, and he kept it. Well, what we should be surprised is he kept it short. Yeah, that's true. I'm, I'm surprised he hasn't gone on to a, a thing about the Legion right now. <laughs> you know, the Legion is made up of several different types of personalities, just like this team. And each of you have a different type of personality. But in the end, like Paul, Paul Dietz or whoever. He Bill, uh, Bill looks. Uh, it looks like he's in his element. Actually, he totally is. I think we're going to bring him down. Actually, I'm actually very impressed. So, if we could just put this much effort into pre-production for the show, <laughs> we might actually get things done on time and in, in a timely manner. Brad, you ask too much. Go, toga, toga, toga. Are they saying toga? I hope so. <laughs> Sounded like they were animal ch- animal house chanting right there. All right, so they're look, they're getting a Capri Sun and they're um. Look at that, that is so adorable. That is really cute. Okay, let's step away so they can do their stuff and and we'll find a nice place to to record. We got to ask Bill about the game, get some highlights from him, and then we'll uh, ask him about Thor. Hey team, how are you? Who who are you? I'm with I'm with Youth Sport News. Tell me, how did the Express feel today? Uh, the Express. How do you feel today? How did how the game work out for you? Did you? Good. You're excited. Did you have fun? Yeah. Hey, yeah. 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 Go Express. Woo! Hi Zoe. How are you? Good. Yeah, so how was the game? Good. <laughs> so now you do sports and your brother does sports, right? Mm-hmm. Hi Frank. Hi, Sage, I saw you out there. You hit a couple of really nice balls. That's awesome. Yeah, way to go, buddy. All right. All right. You should be. Hey, Sage. I want to slap your hand again. Okay. Okay, do it. One, two, three. Oh. All right, maybe you'll do it this time. One, two. Oh. One more time. One, two, three. Oh, you got it. All right. So what's the name of your what's the name of your baseball team? Um, my name of my baseball team is Lucas and Mario. And I don't know what the other names are. Okay. What about this? What's the word on your shirt? Ephes. So are they your friends? Well, I well they're not my friends, but I know their names. Okay. So are you guys going to build a big team this year, or are you guys going to go to the championship? No, this is my last day. Oh, okay. So you're never going to play again? Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, I'm glad you're retiring. Is there anything you want to tell your fans out there now that you're retiring? Uh-huh. What do you want to say? I want to say Fat Man. All right. Sage, you did great. Thank you. So... Sage just informed me that this is his last game ever. Retiring, yeah. <laughs> one show, goodbye. Yeah, he's out. Michael Jordan, he'll come back. He'll come back. 
You know, I asked him what his team's name was, and he told me some of the members on the team. And then uh, I asked, so are they your friends? He goes, no, I just know their names. <laughs> He's not really friends with yeah. them. It's very professional. Yeah, I mean, this is a very professional league. I like the, the, the showmanship that they have, the professionalism. Look at that. He's stretching right now. Look at him go. So, here, do some exercise for me. Do some ba baseball exercises for me. Stretch. Do a stretch for me. There you go. There you go. Stretch. There you go. All right. Those are good baseball exercises. All right. Touching the toes. That's very good. Do you know how to do jumping jacks? No, jumping jacks are too hard. Oh, okay. How's improv? Love doing improv. Uh, it's a lot of fun. Lots of good criticism. Well, criticism is the bad word. Instruction. A lot of good instruction. Yeah, yeah. But I like it. Good. So, Bill. So, what was it like being coach of the Express? Are you guys head to your car? Yeah. Today, I feel that I am the luckiest man in the world. And, uh, you know, opportunities like this don't come along every day. I mean, how often do you get a chance to uh, play and tie the first game you ever coach? <laughs> so, you know, I'm, uh, I'm feeling pretty good about things. All right, Sage. Now, the instructions seem He's to be... The, uh, that's why I call him the Vanilla Gorilla. Yeah. <laughs> Zoe is awesome. <laughs> <laughs> In case we forgot, Zoe is awesome. The older sister is awesome. You guys, do you need to get going? No. Okay. Have an hour or so. an hour okay. Do you, do you guys want to uh, find a nice, comfy spot and just sit and relax? Yeah. We want to. This is the show. <laughs> We've been recording since the game started, Frank and I. And so we talked about stuff. We were going to talk to Bill a little bit, and that that's going to be our show. Comic book day. What does that really mean to the people like me? Does that mean you can pick out any comic? Book I know what it means. I know what it means. I know what it means. Like um, some books are marked uh, free comics, and then others are just the regular price. Um, the ones that have are marked free comics are free Those comics. Are Nailed it. Bum. Baba It's like a it's like a marketing uh, event to get people you know, to, to get people in the people store like you. Mm -hmm. You know, it, it's very family friendly. Get the kids in there. The kids get hooked, and then they and then they start to be in the comic books. Comic books. Do you know why I don't read comic books? Why? The letters are so small that it actually and because the bubbles aren't exactly sequential, sometimes I get confused and it's hard to read, so I give up. Okay. Okay. I mean, it's not it's not for everyone. I mean, uh, it is a different type of language mm -hmm. to to use, you know. So they're it, it just because I've heard that complaint from people who don't read comic books mm -hmm. before. It's like, uh, how do I follow this and stuff? And it's you know, it's one of those things. The more you do it, the more it makes sense, and then you it start to intuitively know this is where this goes. This is the pacing, and it depends on how good the artist is sometimes. Because sometimes there's been comic books where I read and it was just like. Do I go here or do I go there to read? And more times than not, I read it out of order and then have to read it back in order for it to make sense. Really? Gosh. doesn't happen too often, but, you know, that's, it does happen sometimes. I like your fancy new microphone. 
Thank you very much. It's very, it's, it's very sleek and black and manly. It's, it's manly. That's the first thing I thought. It's a manly microphone. So, Bill, you saw Thor? Who are you calling manly? Uh, my microphone. Speaking of manly, yes, I did see Thor. Now, Brad and I absolutely hated it. We thought it was an abomination. Really? Frank is lying. <laughs> I wanted to get some, I wanted to get some reaction from Bill. We both really, really liked it. Bill, Brad absolutely adored it. I I liked it more than I thought I would. I was truly surprised um, by how good it was. Man, I've got I've got a lot I can say about it. So uh, maybe we should get more cozy. I don't want to give you my entire screed right now. Okay. So, yeah. Let's get cozy. I'll pause this, and then uh, once we sit down, we'll start uh, we'll start to talk tour with you. Have you paused yet? Because I'm really gassy. All right, so the family has moved on. Yep. It's just the men here. It's uh, Frank, Brad, and Bill. Bill, uh, really proud of you, man. You handled the kids well. Thank you. I, apparently, I'm just going to have to get used to uh, my voice being hoarse, which uh, <laughs> will do wonders for my uh, my burgeoning voiceover career. So I'm looking forward to that. Think of it as exercise for those vocal cords. Not as much as I'm looking forward to getting this dang wild cherry Capri Sun into my belly. <laughs> I was telling, uh, telling Frank that you looked... Pretty much like you were in your element over there, okay. which which uh, was surprising, and it looked like um, you weren't running around with with your like a chicken with your head cut off. You looked like you had actually knew what you were doing and maybe given it some forethought. And I thought if he puts this much pre preparation into pre-production for our show, we could we would be a, an, a, another award-winning show. Um, well, you guys are wrong on every single count there. <laughs> Because, no, I did not put enough uh, forethought into how to manage a baseball game. Um, and uh, um, I do put more uh, effort into the podcast than you guys realize. So I'm trying to remember what the rest of the check boxes were, but uh, I'm pretty sure that uh, you guys went over there on that last little bit. Um, the, the kids seemed to have a good time. You did a good time. Um, you know, it was I, – I could only imagine – the chaos of trying to organize this but uh but the kids followed direction really well there were a couple of cute faux pas yeah. you know of running <laughs> the wrong direction and yeah. stuff like that but uh absolutely great i think the uh, the the most chaos was uh thursday two days ago practice because it was the first time we had actually tried to get out into the field and kind of okay i want you to stand here i want you to stand here you know which is of course it approximates to third base. It approximates to left field or shortstop or first base or whatever. And um, uh, it, it was it was funny because uh, I've got uh, two or three guys standing on the pitching rubber, and everybody else is basically in a in kind of a, an arc between somewhere between first base and third base, and not necessarily within the lines either. Um, but uh, the the idea that I was going to get some people to stand back a little bit and some people to stand forward a little bit just it just wasn't happening. So I thought it was first of all I thought it was really cute, um, and uh, second of all I kind of thought I talked to some of the parents about this uh, afterwards. That my guess was that once the kids actually played a game and saw the other team stand out there and then they stood out there that they would understand a little bit better, not necessarily the gravity of the situation because these are four- and five-year-old kids playing t-ball, but the fact that um, that there really is some protocol to all this. You know, that there, that there really is a reason for me to stand here instead of wherever the heck I want, which may be 20 <laughs> feet that way. Um, I, I saw uh, that there was a lot less 
um, sitting Indian leg style on the ground, facing away from the batter. Uh, that's a good thing. Um, so I'm very happy about that. It also probably didn't hurt that there were no flowers to be picked in the outfield. It looked it looked pretty foliage free out there. I saw one kid in the infield reach down and grab a handful of gravel and dust and throw it up in the air and look at it. But yeah, it's um gravel. you know yeah I guess it's just fundamentals. This is how the game is played and it'll slowly seep in and they'll get it and and you know a year from now they're going to be that much better. Hey, you guys want to know a secret? Yeah, Let's I, got, I got two secrets for you actually. First secret is uh, that other team who it basically looked like Darth Vader to our Greedo. You know, like just a complete mismatch. Um, those guys had no clue how to play either, which was, you know, I hate to be this way, but, yeah, it was gratifying. <laughs> <laughs> it was like, thank goodness we're not the only ones out here who are completely clueless. Well, um, I don't know that you've said it. These are like four- and five-year-old kids. Yeah, four-year-olds and five-year-olds. And um, um, another secret, the four- and five-year-old kids are supposed to be going to kindergarten. That's part of the age requirement for this. And so I guess because uh, Sage is joined by there's a couple other kids on the team that are that are that four four and a half year area, uh, anywhere between four years four months like Sage and at least one other kid all the way up to five years seven months. So there's you know a pretty decent age discrepancy. And I mean when you're when you're doing percentages, I mean the the kid that's five years and you know five months and seven years old, he's like what. Almost twenty percent older than the uh, the you know the youngest. Kid. So you know when you're when you're not even in kindergarten yet, that's huge. You know, you know he's a, the the five year old's an old man. You know, he, he has a, a lifetime of experience. You're in youngest. kindergarten. Whoa, <laughs> that kid must be 30, 40 pounds. Yeah. Look at him. Okay, so here's the other deep dark secret. Um, my impression this whole time, this whole process, it's been about a month since I uh, agreed to get drafted, was that we were playing junior t-ball. The, the delineation is important because in junior t-ball, it's four- and five-year-olders. There's no catcher. Uh, every kid on the team bats every half inning, and you don't keep score. You just get bat. It, you, if, you, if you need to swing, you've got up to eight swings. And if okay. you still don't hit it, you go take a first base. So you got eight chances to hit it. If you don't hit it, you go to first base anyway. So it's extremely low impact. You know, it's eight. like you can. That seems like a lot of swings. That does seem like a lot of swings. Eight. Yeah, but you've seen. I mean, you've seen Sage go. Well, we we saw kids need four or five swings today. So. Can I have a son? But yes, absolutely. But uh, so the deep dark secret is that we got out there. We got. I'm sorry, I have strawberry kiwi, strawberry kiwi, or strawberry, strawberry kiwi. Strawberry kiwi, strawberry. Okay, God. Okay, so the deep dark secret is that I got out there for the coaches meeting with the other guy, the other coach, and he says, um, he says, so uh, we uh, we doing uh, five runs, three outs. We're gonna do more than one base at a time. And I just kind of my jaw starts dropping mentally because it's like, what what's going on here? What, what do you mean five? What do you mean five runs, three outs? What do you mean outs? What, what, is, what is this concept outs that I'm supposed to be dealing with? So he proceeds to inform me that we are not in the junior T-ball league. We are in the standard T-ball league where you do use a catcher. You do have a guy at uh, – um, you do have uh, people wearing batting helmets. Um, you do have outs, and you are counting runs. And, you know, it's not there's going to be a winner or a loser. You're pretty much – you know, every game should pretty much end 10 to 10 because there's a five-run limit. 
And, you know, there's no way those kids are going to record three outs. I, I don't, there wasn't one out recorded today, okay? The, the kids stopped batting because they hit five runs. Right. That's what happened. So, you know, if, if there's ever a case where it's not a 10-10 tie, it's just because the home team, time got called on them before they could score that fifth run in their second inning. So, you know, there, there's no wins and losses. Um, but uh, what, what kills me, though, is when I went to the coaches' meeting, a month ago, I took my notes. I was a dutiful citizen. Um, I went to the equipment room. Um, I started looking at this, this uh, catcher's equipment. They, they have an entire room there at the uh, uh, Plano Sports Authority uh, Star Center Complex. And they had these awesome little duffel bags and uh, um, catcher's equipment and all this stuff. And I said, so, uh, you know, I see one piece of catcher's equipment left that looks like it's extra small. Looks like it could fit even remotely a uh, five-year-old. And the guy goes, what are you in? I go, junior t-ball. He goes, oh, well, then you don't need the bag and you don't need the catcher's equipment because there's no catcher. And I go, okay. And so I walk out and um, didn't think a thing about it. Uh, been telling my kids that the bases are 40 feet from base to base when, no, they're 50 feet because we're now playing regular t-ball. So, yeah. Four-year-old's really know the difference between 40 and 50 feet. They didn't know the difference. I did. Um, so, yeah. Um, coach lied! Coach Coach was misinformed they, or... Did they, co- did they call you Coach Bill or Coach McGowan? I think just Coach, if coach they call me anything at all. Or Daddy. Daddy! Dad. Yeah, so, so uh, Sarge, in the uh, top of the second inning... Sarge looks at me and goes, Daddy, I need to pee. <laughs> there was another kid in the dugout who did that, too. He, he called out for his dad in the stands. Daddy, you need to go potty. So, yeah, I was like, so I'm back there trying to direct Sage around the outfield. And, you know, Sasha, you got to come get him. Oh, God, funny. Well, I have uh, gained so, a, a newfound respect for you because it, it takes a, a – it takes a, a big man to, to deal with that many r- ruffians at one time. Hey, you, you know, dealing with the kids is not is not my issue. My issue is um, at least putting on the air that I know what I'm doing and um, and keeping the parents from getting mad at me for whatever unknown reason they might. So, you know, if I can do that, the kids, they don't know any better. Um, you know, needless to say, I'm, I'm going to try to teach them as well as I can. But, uh, yeah, hey, we're down hey. to one practice a week, so good times. Yeah, no, they're going to have fun. You're going to teach them the rules, and then uh, some kids are going to love it, and they'll yeah. move on. Let's um, – You want to talk Thor? Yeah, let's get let's get Bill's thoughts on Thor. Frank and I already talked about it. Um, okay. I wanted to, to just mention briefly about CGS Super Show. Oh, I, yeah. How about that? Had a great time. Lots of people asked about you. You know, where's Frank? Where's Bill? Oh. Erica Hesse oh. said oh. that she missed Frank, and she doesn't know if it's a good thing or not that Bill showed up or didn't show up or not because she she isn't sure whether or not she would want to hug him or punch him. <laughs> why, why would she want to punch me? Uh, I don't know. I think she just. I think you just drive her crazy, that's all. Do I? Um, Apparently. Talking, I mean, are we talking like tension here? <laughs> no. You, you Did you take notes in the theater? Is that what that is? No, I took notes in my car after what? I got out of the theater. While you were driving? No, actually, I'm sorry. I got home, yes, while I was driving, which okay. is safer than texting, by the way. Writing that is, is only safer than texting. That's a very old Yeah, notebook. it's a very new book. By the way, um, I have a celebrity crush on, uh, on uh, Erica Hesse, just to put that out there. 
I think she knows. Yeah. I think. Anyway, um, I had a great time. I got to play my bass along with Paul French. Uh, that link you sent, I don't know why it wasn't working at the time, but I only tried it once. Maybe it works now. Oh, well, I know there were some problems um, with the with the first link Paul gave me. There's actually a, a couple of different versions of the video of, of us playing. It's because he's Canadian, right? Yes. It was in PAL? <laughs> yes, that's what it, it was. was. It was a 50 hertz, right? Um, again, a lot of people asked about you, both of you, and they were sorry that, that you couldn't make it. Um, well, I find that hard to believe, but I'm touched. Uh, Ken Morgan was a fine uh, roommate. <laughs> uh, and um, uh-huh. I'm, I'm not sure if you're familiar with who Marty is from the CGS forums. Martin Devine, Marty Devine. I've heard the name. He's a, he's a cartoonist. Okay. And, and he ended up sharing the room with me and Ken. Oh, cool. Yeah, and he's a... Who had to share the sleeping bag? Actually, he, Marty, sat in the comfy chair with yes. the ottoman and blankets wrapped around him, and he's, he slept sitting up. That way he could avoid snoring. Oh. But um, I meant to bring my sketchbook to show you what I got, but he, he actually drew me a sketch of Drunk Cap. <laughs> and it was the first time... Which he, is a running character nice. on Comic Geek Speed. Yeah, it was a... It was a uh, the first time he had drawn in a long time because he'd had an, an injury, mm-hmm. he had like a um, calcium deposits in his shoulder and it ah. affected his drawing arm. Okay. So he, um, I made him draw something for me, and uh, he did, and it was anyway. We had a great time, and uh, we can talk more about it later. But I just yeah, wanted should. to at least at least uh, talk about that much uh, to let you guys know that people asked about you. Right. Well, thank Brad. I'm had you had a good time, everyone. You know, sorry he couldn't make it, but. Um, but, you know, I could tell that a good time was had by all. It was good. And uh, um, we'll talk. I got more to say, but let's hear about Thor from, from Bill. All right. Um, I wonder if I should go through all, uh, all my notes. <laughs> um, I thought... Uh, Maybe we should interview Bill. Okay. So, um, excuse me, sir. How are you? I, I saw you just came out of the theater. Uh, looks like you saw Thor. Tell me, what were your first impressions, sir? Woo! Thor! How many, many freaking swears you give it? I gave it. I mean, I, I said reverse, yeah, reverse, reverse flash. flashes. Freaking swear yes, that's CGSing. I, yes, I know. You're all CGSed out right now, which is great. How many reverse flashes do you give it? I gave it some consideration. I landed on four and a half reverse flashes. Out wow! Of five, which is a lot. But the movie really grew on me the more I reflected upon it. And I think that really the movie was pretty much totally awesome, except for, (laughs) I know, it's just scientific. Um, But there was, uh, right at the end of the interlude on Earth, that's like, I call it the interlude, um, but right towards the end of of the, the Earth segments, before they went back, you know, to fight the last battle, um, it felt like it was finally starting to drag a little bit. And so I, I, I notched it a half a reverse flash just because I did, there was a point in the movie where I looked down at my watch and said, how close are we getting to the end? But then it picked up and it steamrolled into the final credits. Um, that was my humble opinion. Uh, but I, I, there were a, I thought a lot of things about it. I think the most important thing was I thought... Uh, Kenneth Branagh did a really interesting job directing it. Um, Branagh. Whatever. (laughs) Branagh. B.S. Everybody knows it's Branagh. Yeah, I think he did really well. He made what I... If you had said to me years ago, they're going to make a Thor movie, I would have said, 
you're going to have to pay me to go see it because it's going to be boring as heck. Yeah. It wasn't. And he did a great job making uh, making good. it relatable. Yeah, very well, good pacing. Didn't take the um, didn't take the uh, the language too literal, like in the comic books, and it yeah. was just fun. Well, Bernard, he um, or however you guys want to pronounce it, you want me to just call him Mister B from now on? Okay. Yes. How about Ken? Okay, so Kenny Baby, um, what he is excellent at is working with actors. He is an actor's director. He is not a gifted action director. You know, if you could have had, you know, now I'm going overboard here, but if you could have had Michael Bay or McGee direct the action sequences and had Bernard just working with the actors itself, and no, I, give me Tony Scott or somebody like that. I'm kidding about Bay and McGee, by the way. Um, they're good at what they do, but I don't think they would have fit Thor. Um, anyway, if you could have had, you know, a stylish action director handle those sequences and have Bernard deal with the actors, because his, his actors were pretty much no perfect. In fact, the only one that I thought might have done a subpar job compared to their body of work was maybe Natalie Portman. And I don't think she did a I, I don't think she did a poor job. There were just a couple of times when it felt like she's acting. And I didn't get that off anybody else. I thought Hemsworth Hemsworth did a great job. He sold it to me. Um, it didn't take long before I forgot that he was George Kirk. Um, uh, you know, there were uh, a number of, of great acting performances. I thought uh, Tom uh, uh, Hiddleston, or is it Middleton or Hiddleston? Uh, what's his name? I've got it here in my notes. Loki yeah, was, was just was awesome. Yeah. Uh, Middleton. Uh, yeah, Tom Middleton. And Stellan Skarsgård. Um, Where have I seen him before? You've seen Stellan Skarsgård in a million things, and if my phone had juice in it, I'd, uh, I'd look him up for you. Um, he was in, uh, was it the Glass House with... Um, uh, what was her name? Um, ah, I'm stalling. Anyway, I'll pull it, I'll he's pull been up a, he's, yeah. Stellan Skarsgård has been in a lot of things. Um, uh, it was interesting how there were uh, moments of humor really kind of shoehorned in, um, handled bluntly. It would have felt really forced and kind of out of place, but they were just enough. I mean, it wasn't like Bill Paxton's humor in Aliens. It wasn't. We're going to lighten the mood, you know, of a very dark time with a couple of, you know, throwaway uh, uh, Spidey-like cracks. I mean, there were, it was it was humor that was literally uh, well, in the script. Yeah, no, I thought I thought the humor worked out well. You know, there's there's the scene where arrogant Thor is kind of talking. You know, he's going down there during the parade. He's waving and he, yeah. you know, he's just like, yeah, it's all about me, baby. It's all about me. And the whole repeated humor about um, getting shocked or getting knocked out. Yes. Um, that, that was a good recurring theme. And the one thing that that element did, too, was it reminded the audience that this guy isn't a god now. He's a human. Yeah. Um, and I thought it was really cool that he didn't realize it for a while. I mean, and even that, that whole sequence with him breaking back into the complex. the complex to retrieve his hammer, I thought that was really well done. And I don't know... You know, upon repeated viewings, I don't know if that scene might drag a little bit, just because you know what's getting ready to happen at the end of it. You know how it's going to conclude. But you know, I mean, I, I just I thought that the the plot twists in the movie um, were well done. Um, uh, none of it was was really just laid out for all to see. I thought, but they did a, a pretty good job. Now, okay, the one thing. That I don't know if you guys got this, but I went to the midnight showing Thursday night, and so maybe it was because I was already kind of tired. I, I hadn't had much sleep Wednesday night, so I was already kind of at my wits' end. 
And Friday was, a, was not a good day for me. Luckily, I didn't have to work. But, man, I thought that Destroyer was going to be cheesy. The Destroyer doesn't come off that well in the comic books. He was freaking scary. He was, he was very scary. And I don't know about you guys, but I kept looking around to see if other people were having the same reaction I was. When his little freaking eye beam thing, that... Right. That noise physically affected me. Yeah. It I mean, was, it, it literally... I could feel It sounded my, like a screech. Well, my, I could feel my pulse going up when that sound would issue. And it wasn't the visual component. It was, it was auditory. It was something... That I don't know if it was a frequency they hit in there. You know, I don't know if there was some kind of you know brown noise kind of thing going on there, or if it was just the perfect combination. It sounded like um, a, a Dalek's ray gun, um, metal being destroyed by crunching into other metal, a baby screaming. Um, you, you know. Uh, did you see it on the the XD? Yeah, I XD. saw the the big XD, and it was it was loud yeah, I in saw there. It the next morning, I don't. I was telling Frank, I don't think it needed to be 3D. Dude, I could not agree with you more. You know, it, it, it wasn't distracting. And Ken Morgan um, in an email said uh, that he really enjoyed the 3D. Okay. Uh, mainly because it, it didn't it didn't make him feel like he was watching 3D. Yeah. It made him just feel like he well, was there. It was kind of like Tron. I don't know if this is a trend, but it just, it just you, had, you were in 3D environments. They were not using... The 3D effect. There was never the the eyeball flying at the screen or the axe, you know, flipping past you, or you know, there weren't any of the the, the horror movie 3D tricks going on. So, kind of like Tron, you're you're getting to the point where maybe where you're not using the 3D to a 3D effect. You're just literally putting people in a 3D environment. It's more of a um, of an atmosphere that yeah. they're putting you in. Yeah. It's just it's just another aspect of the movie. It's not. It's something that is. It's something that is becoming almost subconscious. And, um, you know, in Tron, I don't remember one point where uh, I'm, I'm sure like when one of the light cycles crashed or something, there was, you know, some point where something came at the screen. But I've been to two or three 3D movies in a row now where not once did I duck out of the way of something. So I think that tells you something. But when we went and saw, I'm trying to remember when we saw the first Thor 3D trailer, uh, we were together. And I remember thinking to myself at that time, I don't need to see this movie in 3D. Right. I did anyway. Um, by the way, fifteen dollars? Yeah, it's ridiculous. Fifteen dollars, really? Well, see, that's a combination right. of it's, I know it's of the XD yes. screen and the, 3D, and yeah. the 3D. The XD is bigger, it's, so they charge you like two bucks extra, right. and then 3D is like three, three bucks, bucks extra, extra. So together, so it's, it's a ridiculous. ten dollar ticket these days. Well, I, I you know yeah. that's. Um, you know, unfortunately, that's that's last what the time, market will bear. Last so. time I worked there, yeah. adult tickets were nine fifty. Okay, because I was under the impression that every show before six p.m. was a matinee price. Except this show, for the XD. This show, okay, this show was at twelve oh one a.m. So clearly, well before six p.m. Why didn't I get my matinee price? <laughs> because it was a Thursday, quote unquote Thursday showing. I don't want to hear your logic override uh, my Stellan emotion. Stellan the, the thing I know him from was he was bootstrap Bill Turner in, yes. the, in the first Pirates of the Caribbean movie. Okay. Well, all three of them. Was he in all three? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, he, in fact, he plays a bigger role in the second two oh, okay. uh, I didn't second care for the movies. second or third one. The, the, the fourth one looks good, actually. The second movie, kind of like uh, Matrix Reloaded, uh, grows on you. Kind of like Shrek 2, it grows on you. 
But the third movie, like so many of the franchises, the third movie, you just kind of shake your head and wonder why. What do you guys think of the uh, of the hammer action in the movie? How uh, Thor used the hammer? Beautiful. I thought it was freaking right out of the comic book yeah. when he had that helicopter thing going. Yeah. That was yeah. just awesome. The only time I thought it was cheesy was maybe what you're talking about right now, where he was in that, that first battle against the Frost Giants, where he, he whips that thing vertically yeah. and yeah. sprays the, the ice bullets yeah. at the guys. That was the only time in the movie where I thought, come on. I like that part. But, I, I, like but I realized it was it was a comic book thing, and you know so much of, of you know so much of the, the non-fanboys don't get that so many of the Im- so much of the imagery you get in these comic book movies is directly referential. You know, I mean, it's absolutely, yeah. totally geared towards getting the fanboy to go, oh, hey, you know. Well, like um, the uh, the Stan Lee cameo. Did it work? Yeah, no. <laughs> Which is probably, I, I think, I, I think I always say this, but I think that was his best cameo. <laughs> uh, about, well, about a quarter of the people in the audience go, hey. I, there, was a, there was a couple of old ladies next to me, and they go, that's Stan Lee. Oh, he invented Spider-Man. <laughs> Um, what um, what about the um, um, uh, we were talking about the um, um, the ice hammer? Sorry, I lost my thought. You were gonna say? Well, I, I thought it was real interesting too that that movie was basically kid friendly, other yeah, than other than the intense action. Well, it's rated PG thirteen for stylized action and sci fi violence or something okay. like that. Well, there was no swear words. No, there really I don't recall any. Like any sexual innuendo or no. anything like that. There was no. a romantic kiss. There was uh, there wasn't any blood, and if it was, it was uh, it was frost giant blood. Yeah, I mean, uh, Harley was asking me why it was PG thirteen because you know her fifteen year old son yep. was interested in seeing it, and I was like, I can't think of anything that I don't remember. I don't even remember uh, anything even close to a swear word. No, I don't think there was at all. Which is you know, you know. Uh, Director Ken, thank you for that. You know, I I'm an adult. I have no problem with language in a movie or 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 sexiness in a movie or violence in a movie or whatever. But in a movie like this, I thought it was really cool that they didn't need to resort to that. And if there's one thing in this world, uh, movie-wise, that makes me insane, it's an entire movie is okay for a kid to watch except for one stinking line right in the middle of well, it. Well, that's that's. You know, the, the current rule, I think, with PG-13 yeah. is that you can get away with one F-bomb yeah. in a PG-13. And, and I don't want to, you know what, that doesn't mean it's okay. Right. Because, you know, I I kind of get what those, uh, um, who are the people a couple of years ago that started uh, uh, copyright violations by taking movies, uh, clipping out oh, the... Oh, family uh, video. Videos. Yeah. And then they would rent the, right. uh, the, the cleaned up, edited, you know, sanitized versions of said movies. Um, I totally get the studios cracked on them. I don't think it should be okay for them to do it either. I don't think you should edit Tom Sawyer, you know, as far as that's concerned. You know, there's a reason the movie was made the way it was made. But that doesn't make it, you know, I understand why you do that, but it's uncool in my book to make a movie that is totally okay for the kids except for one 10-second scene. You know, it's like, well, I mean, like the first Iron Man. Iron Man is totally cool Except for that one scene where he's macking down with yeah. the with the, the the naughty blonde. Right. And you know, you, I understand we can, that's part of Tony Stark's character. Yeah. Well, it's but, like you're not the the movie is not sexy enough. You know that you need to have that over and over again. You know, it's not like a Bond movie, so you're putting that in there 
you know, is the idea to appeal to the adults? You know, it's like, is the idea that the adults are too brain dead or lowest common denominator to, they're like, oh, I'm not going to go see that movie. There's no almost, ma there's no Maxim skin in it, you know? It, it probably, uh, you know, it, this is the, 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 you can only think along the lines of the screenwriter and the, the director where they go, we need a scene here to kind of jolt the audience. And sometimes that's it. Well, sometimes that's the, and sometimes it does work. Sometimes right. it doesn't. But, um, you know, and it may be something, it may go down to the producers, too, where they go, hey, you know what, we paid for this actress, we need some yeah. skin. We need something, you know, we're paying for it, we need, to, we need that sex well, appeal. Yeah, in, in Iron Man, uh, I don't think it was, it, it was pretty well telegraphed where that scene, you know, was, you know, the scene before it, I don't think it was a stretch to realize that as we cut and faded up from black in the next scene, what we were going to be seeing, and right. sure enough, we did, and whatever. You know, I mean, it wasn't out of bounds, but just the whole idea that you don't, you know, hey, filmmakers, you don't have to put one truly objectionable thing in a movie just to make it cool or to get it a PG-13 rating instead of a PG rating. You know, it's okay if the kids can go see a movie without you having to literally shield their eyes or cover their ears at one point because there's, you know, action or dialogue that shouldn't be seen by someone who's, you know, not in high school yet. Well, so you thank you, Kenneth Branagh, for making this happen for us. <laughs> if you if you had seen, um, okay, uh, Green Lantern, as of this moment, I don't believe it's, yes. the film's been rated yet. Okay. If it ends up being rated PG, okay. will that make you any more or less wanting to see it than as if, it, if it was rated PG-13? No, it has absolutely no effect on me. But I realize that there are a lot of people out there who, and I think their perception is absolutely wrong, but they assume that, well, if it's PG, it's going to be boring and for kids. If it's PG-13, oh, va, 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 boom, right. let's go. Right. And I think that's, that's, that's crazy. You know, the, the Green Lantern, you, you should want to go see the movie because you think the character is really cool or you've enjoyed the comic book or you love space opera. You know, the the idea that the rating should have nothing to do with your desire to, uh, you know, to see the movie. You know, to be honest, I don't think, uh, when I go to movies, I don't even pay attention to I could I didn't even know what the movie was rated. I had, I had no idea what uh, Thor was rated, and I'll have no idea what uh, Green Lantern, X-Men, First Class, or Cap are going to be rated. I mean, unless I take a, unless I happen to take someone who's, you know, someone's kid under age, then I'll probably look at it. But, I mean, for me, a movie's a movie. I'm just going to go see it. doesn't matter. Yes. Yeah. With another, another note that you wrote down there. Um, okay. Um, I thought the, uh, the Frost Giants required taste. The first time I saw them, I thought, kind of cheesy, kind of looks uh, Sid and Marty Croft. Uh, with kind of the long chins and the blue heads, and I just, I also didn't realize, you know, until, um, until about a half hour into the movie, you don't realize that that, you know, they are literally giants. You know, they are literally like twice as big. Right. Because the first the first uh, sequence that you see them in, there's no context, and so it's just okay. So they're blue, and they kind of look like cheesy CG. You know what? You know, ooh. I'm so scared. Yeah. But then when uh, when Thor and his band of merry men uh, go to uh, to take him down, and Thor gets in all his trouble, um, at that point um, you realize that no, these guys are giants. You know, they are 15 feet tall, 20 feet tall, whatever they are, and they are physically imposing. You didn't get that the first time you saw them, and I thought that was a failure on Bernard's part not to provide you some uh, uh, visual context to that because it just it took a while. It, they were literally an acquired taste. When I first saw them, I kind of went, whatever. But then 
it, it took you into the movie to realize that these guys are a realistic threat. Yeah. Um, I, I realized what, why that movie got a PG-13. It was that scene, the Frost Giant scene, because they throw the hammer through that through that monster's head. Now, it was an imaginary monster, but, I mean, that was pretty violent. Yeah. There was well, isn't there a fight where doesn't Thor, like, fly through someone's head, too? He flies through the... Doesn't he fly through the huge oh, yeah, the, the big monster yeah, the thing? Yes. Literally flew... I expected to see him covered in, like, Frost Giant gore, but yeah. he was... He was clean like he had just showered off or something. Um... Okay, uh, you guys may have an answer to this. Um, why uh, why wasn't the hammer in Broxton? Am I reading way too much into this? Say it again. Why wasn't the hammer found in Broxton? Why didn't this happen in Oklahoma? Why did it happen in New Mexico? Oh. Was there any reason for that? Was there, um, any, was well, there any? I, I haven't read, I, I don't read four comic in years, so I don't know. You know I uh, think it just may have had to, like in the Iron Man movie. Yeah. You know, location really? <laughs> I mean, what location was available? I don't yeah. know. I don't obviously. I don't know if they were able to plan ahead or not. But in the Iron Man movie, the all the nonsense that Rick Fury, Mick, <laughs> Rick Fury, Nick Fury had mentioned, he's had a lot of trouble going on in the Southwest right now or whatever. Yeah. You know, he said in the Southwest, like yeah. right there. I, I don't. I don't know why they. Couldn't have made it Oklahoma. I don't think it really matters. Well, I mean, obviously Asgard was placed in Oklahoma. And I don't know that. Well, but I'm trying to remember. There was a storyline where, um, you know, the whole thing about uh, Thor losing his hammer, it falls to Earth. Uh, Doctor Doom tries to go get it. He can't get it. Thor finally comes back and retrieves it. Where did that all happen? In Oklahoma. Okay. So, you know, it's not a big deal to me just because I'm from Oklahoma. It doesn't mean I'm, I'm being utterly provincial about this. I was just trying to figure was there was there any kind of comic book history reason why this happened in wherever you know in question mark New Mexico well I, than in Broxton Oklahoma yeah I, they probably wanted somewhere desolate it which is which is New Mexico yeah it makes for more interesting scenery and it, it was an interesting landscape too yeah. because you look one way from the town and it's flat desert you look the opposite way and it's you know mountains and you know Oklahoma is not that desolate looking you know there's not really no, in any fact, deserts. I've, I've, I've tried to figure out, um, does anybody know where in Oklahoma Broxton is supposed to be? I don't even know if Broxton is a real town. You know, I'm sorry to admit. I'm going to look. I'm gonna look but I would guess that Broxton, if it's anywhere, is probably got to be, it's got to be on the west side of Oklahoma, um, quite possibly in the northern, uh, like the northwest quadrant of Oklahoma, because up there it gets very Texas panhandly. And I think, isn't Broxton kind of out there on the plains? Again, you know, I haven't the the only uh, the only times I've seen Brock's Oklahoma were in Siege and in you know whatever Avengers comics have taken place there uh, or Iron Man comics um, because I've you know the this whole Oliver Coypel uh, recent run on Thor I haven't I haven't read one page of it and it makes me kind of sad. It's very good I, and I told you I would I was going to let you borrow it I just yes. We know uh, Straczynski had uh, half of the uh, uh, story writing credits. He didn't write the script. Did you see Straczynski in the movie? Frank and I have already talked no, about huh? it. He was the first guy who tried to lift the hammer. Oh, no kidding. He okay. was the one that got out of the, um, the, truck. Out of the pickup truck. Okay. Look, there's Oklahoma City oh, no and there's Broxton, there northwest Broxton of Chickasaw. Okay, so it's on the west side. Uh, it's on the west side. Um, okay. I've been to Chickasha a number of times. It's actually hey, not that far. 
Hey, what'd you guys think of the Donald Blake uh, connection? I thought that was nice that they worked that in. It was cool that they that they found a uh, a way to reference it uh, without him having to hit his hammer and become lame. Because I I never you know that was such a, a comic book convention back in the '60s, and I'm glad that they found a way around that. You know, what? I told Frank I didn't really have any nitpicks, um, but I think I just came up with one. Okay. Shield sure let go of. <laughs> of, of Thor, Thor very quickly, easily since I mean just very easily you know the guy comes up and says well Donald wink wink look this fine mess you've gotten yourself into I'm here to take you home and shower you and wipe your butt and put you to bed you know and Shield's like alright you take him now they did say yeah. follow him so that might have been part of the uh, par- part of the plan because they weren't getting anything out of him so at that point it's just well just follow him well, I mean, did did Shield know at that point that they were dealing with the God of Thunder? No. No, and then here's another thing: when Thor finally rethorized, you know, and he walks over to or Coulson walks over to him and he goes, "Hey, I hope you realize we're on the same team, and I'll be here to protect Earth and all this." And Coulson's like, "All right, cool, you know, no problem." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it, it 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 seemed like he had accepted it awfully quick at face value. Then again, it, maybe he just I would. did see something amazing. Yeah, so. maybe I would too. And and Coulson obviously has seen lots of crazy stuff. So why wouldn't he believe this right off? The, yeah. You know, quickly. Yeah. Well, I mean, other than the fact that uh, it could have been uh, Loki, the master of illusion, um, portraying himself as Thor. It could have been uh, any number of things. Well, um, he doesn't. But Coulson didn't know about Loki. Yeah, and that, that yeah, was. I mean, Loki. all they know about I is Thor and, and the Merry Men. I tell you what, I, I keep coming back. To Loki's character, I he was good. I I've always thought his character was interesting, but and he is going to be one of the heavies in Avengers. That's been established. Is he? Okay. You saw you stayed after the end, right? Yeah, I did, and that last scene was pretty awesome. Yeah. Um, yeah to uh, uh, so we're going to get to uh, enjoy the uh, the danger and mystery of the cosmic cube in the Avengers movie. I tell you one thing. And in I, Captain America, because oh, apparently okay. that's going to be one of the well, things that I, I assume that the, now Captain America is going, is Captain America going to entirely take place in World War II? I think so. I think uh, yeah. the rumor has said that, that it ends with him freezing. The movie? Okay. Um, that would make sense. So Avengers is next year, right? Uh, yeah, I think so. It's uh, 12, I believe. Oh yeah. Cause they only just started shooting it yeah. recently. Um, but I tell you what, man, I was I was really surprised at how how good Thor was, and I walked out of the theater thinking, nah, I don't think I'd need to own that. But you know what? If I went out and actually per- spent good hard money on Iron Man two, I should have this. I would. I certainly would would like to to own it. Um, it was worth. I just remembered something else I wanted to ask you guys about. It was yes. to me, it's worth the cost of a Blu-ray. Um, I think so. Especially, I thought the special effects were great, and the Asgard and the space stuff—it all looked great to me. Um, yeah. When the guards were walking through the chamber, that guarded chamber where the the casket, what the frost giant casket was, they were walking past all these items. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, one of the dudes on on an email chain said something about was one of those things the infinity gauntlet because he had really? heard somebody off of some website had possibly said that in that chamber there were many things and one of those things was was recognizable as the infinity gauntlet i didn't you know I, I was anything. looking i was looking for something that looked glove like because i realized that that that's a perfect place to put 
that kind of stuff, like the Infinity Gauntlet. I didn't see it. No, I, I, I couldn't t- – it was dark and, and in the shadows, and, and I really couldn't see anything specific, but I didn't see anything that reflected a hand or anything. Yeah, like me neither. I, I, I remember that scene, but – Pretty much the entire movie, I just enjoyed the ride. I was like uh, Steve Martin at Las Vegas show, going, "Wow, look at the!" Sorry, I can't continue that. <laughs> if Brad was paying attention, hey, he might have laughed. I'm sorry, I just got a text uh, from Twitter because yes. earlier I tweeted that the there three of us be. were recording. Okay. And Ken Morgan says, "Fun Thor talk. Have a Malar light for me." <laughs> Very funny. Very funny. Yes, Ken, we're actually talking about Thor. <laughs> hey, hey, that joke hasn't played out a bit. Keep him coming. Keep him coming. <laughs> okay, what else? What else you got, Bill? Pages there. Oh yeah, but it's just a little stuff. Um, Did you catch uh, Frank? The popcorn was good. Frank yeah. didn't catch it. Did oh. you catch the the line where Thor referred to Coulson as son of Cole? No. <laughs> it was real quick. It okay. was real quick, you know, and, and it was like, I think it was, I can't remember if it was after he had been rethorized or whatever, but maybe it was before, I don't know. But he, No, he yeah, I think him, it was, I think it was after. He called him son of Cole, Coulson. I thought that was neat. And I, I disagree with you about Natalie Portman. I, I think this is one of her best acting performances. I think she was cardboard, stiff cardboard in a lot of her movies. This one I didn't feel that way at all. What did you guys think of the poli-sci student that was with her? She didn't really seem to play an integral role. She didn't in seem it. important. I think she was there for comic relief. Smile, yeah. this going on Facebook. Right. Hey, I, I just tased Thor. Isn't that funny? Yeah. Um, no, I didn't have any objections uh, to their little team. Um, you know, I, I thought they played a good part. I, I don't mean, you know, I don't have any real criticism of Natalie Portman's uh, role. I just think it's kind of, it's one of those where... You know, if you're ranking all the actors in a movie, somebody's got to end up, you know, in last place. It, it doesn't even mean that they did a poor job. It just means that not everybody can be. They were the best this movie. Um, you know, I thought she was okay. Um, I just, I swear, I've seen her do better before. And, you know, the you the, know. the kissing scene I actually thought was very good. I thought it was very well done. The way he he kissed her hand and then she just yeah. maxed down with them. That you was know, fun. I, that made me uncomfortable actually. <laughs> really? It looked like they were trying to eat each other's face. <laughs> yeah. They were getting a little too into it. That might have been why it was PG thirteen. Well, it, it was really cool that um, you know again uh, another odd aspect of of Thor versus almost any other comic book character is that. You know, he may have been, he may have had a, a gigantic ego, um, but he was a, a noble character. You know, there there wasn't guile or, you know, selfishness necessarily. Um, you know, what he did, he did for the, the good of his, his countrymen and his fellow Asgardians. And, you know, he was an honorable character. And I think that's just, that's really cool, you know, that you can, again, have a character that could have been very boring. You know, it's like, okay, he's honorable. He doesn't have, you know, there's not a whole lot of shades of gray to this guy. You know, he's basically, he's a good dude. He just, he's the, the fish out of water. Um, I did have a, I, I did have a problem with the, the, um, the arrogant Thor compared to the humble Thor. I thought that happened okay. a little too quick. You know, I, well, I was thinking story-wise, I think they could have done this and the movie still would have carried weight and it might have been a little, it, it, it might have, made that scene just a little better but I think if they had kept Thor if they had done actually a montage theme of Thor living amongst the, the people video? yeah do the music video part where he's kind of 
He's hanging out with people who are, you know, who are hurting. He's, he's understanding how to help people. Okay. You know, leave him, leave him on Earth okay. for a week instead of okay. a, a day. But okay, I, I don't mind the passage of time idea, um, so it doesn't seem to happen so quickly. But if that's going to happen in the music video, he has to spend at least 30 or 40 seconds um, uh, cleaning up the apartment and uh, uh, putting up fun colored lights and, and banners. Oh yeah, no, no, yeah. There has to be the the painting party that right. goes awry. Exactly, yeah. and then they and they end up taking the paintbrushes, and it's like, hey, you actually got yeah. Oh, hey, man. And then he just he slings the paintbrush yeah. at her, and she slings the paintbrush back at him. The next thing you know, it's all over the place. That's and what then, I want to see. And then they fall into each other's arms. They start to laughing so hard. They yeah. look at each other, and they're about to kiss. But then well, someone start, someone rings the doorbell, and then that doesn't happen. And they start kissing, and they realize that it's not non-toxic paint. And then they spend the next 20, 10 minutes uh, uh, heaving. Um, now, I do think that uh, the Thor character is old enough, um, you know, experienced enough that I give him credit. And, and a lot of it was, you know, I can't believe I bought into Chris Hemsworth so much. I mean, if he I was great, if I was yeah, a lady, he was he was great. If I was a lady, I could understand that. There was a lady behind me. That every time he take off a shirt and stuff, she go, "Ooh, wee, honey!" And it was. Oh, uh, if he were a hundred years older and oh I were a hundred years younger, I yeah, tell she made you. no bones about the fact she liked seeing him without a shirt on. Um, yeah, but but Hemsworth just sold it so well. I mean, I was just I was just shocked at how much I bought his performance. And by the end of the movie, I'm sitting there trying to go, "He was George Kirk." Yeah, well, I that was him. You know, he just looks a lot different with the long hair and the facial hair. Yeah, and, and the extra 20 pounds of muscle. Yeah, he. Um, I just really appreciated the fact that they didn't shove a lot of the these and thous and dust and various. Oh, I'm so glad they didn't do from, that. You know? The, the accent was really plenty enough. Yeah. Um, I think you know, I, 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 think, I think when I heard that Brano was going to direct, I actually thought, is this going to have like a Shakespearean feel to it? Are they going to do the these and thous? And well, I'm so glad they didn't. Totally but, understandable to uh, to wonder about that. Yeah. Now, the, the, the one nitpick I have about the movie, and I guess maybe it's almost a criticism, but I thought the, the action sequences, um, specifically like the hand-to-hand stuff, the really close-in tight stuff, was some combination of poorly directed and poorly edited. Um, the, the, the shaky cam was so shaky, and the edits were so random, and the camera angles themselves seemed so uninspired um, that I just, it didn't necessarily take me out of the movie, but I'm sitting there watching you know these hand-to-hand sequences thinking, this is what we're getting. Are you talking about Indy, Oklahoma City, with the destroyer, or with the destroyer? Because I thought no, those... actually not. I, I'm, I'm specifically referring to the battles with the frost giants. It's so dark, and the camera's shaking. So you know, much. I think it has it's something so to do with close. that with that 3D because I, I saw it in just just regular. I thought it moved very well. Really? Yeah. Okay. And of course, I only saw the movie once. I haven't had a chance to you know I haven't had a chance to confirm or deny you know my initial feelings about it. But no, I did not like the direction, uh, and not not even during the entire action sequences. I mean, Thor whips out his hammer and throws it across the field of battle, and you know then it comes back to him and he catches it. You know, stuff like that was well. It was it was literally, you know, you'd get these intense tight shots for four or five seconds of two guys beating each other with their fists. You know, hand, literally hand to hand combat. In those situations, you know, the the lighting was so dim and the camera was was moving so so drastically and the the edits just seemed to just not have much of a rhythm to them i just i thought that those were bad but you know you know who knows uh uh, uh director ken 
he may not have had anything to do with that. You know, that may have been a second unit director, you know, taking care of the action sequence. Or I, I don't know. You know, I mean, most people, you know, one of the dirty secrets about movies is that you assume that, that the director directs every second, you know, every frame of, of every shot you see in the movie. And a lot of times, no, it's a second unit director. You know, if a out. principal actor is not in the shot, chances are the director did not shoot it. Well, it's like, uh, um, you know, not to go off on a tangent. Okay, I'm kidding there. Yes, we're going off on a tangent. Um, during the Lord of the Rings movies, there were, uh, what, like three major film crews going out at all times. Peter Jackson, obviously, was one of them. But there were not just one. There were sometimes two, you know, even three. You know, they were shooting all over New Zealand. You know, and, and they were shooting three freaking movies back to back to back, you know, in the span of 18 months. And I just, you know, I can't imagine the level of coordination going on for those three movies. But that's, but it's anyway, the, the idea that, that a director doesn't necessarily, you know, he isn't literally hands-on in charge of every single frame you see in a movie. Um, you know, maybe some people out there don't know that. And if so, maybe that explains why I got kind of a, a bad vibe off of, uh, off of some of the action sequences in the movie. But in general, you know, I thought the, the Destroyer was just amazing. I couldn't believe how how cool that was. He was he, scary is, is an accurate word. I mean, he literally was a scary... Yeah. Because I, you know, imagine seeing that in real life, I'd probably, you know, soil myself. But that right sound, away. I mean, it was... It was the original Godzilla scream. It was uh, a Dalek... Um, uh, you know, shooting its ray gun at somebody. It was it was a tie fighter screaming. It was metal being ripped from itself. It was a baby screaming or something. I mean, you had I I I want to know how that sound effect was created, and I want to know if there was subliminal stuff going on in that sound effect that was created to disturb people's physiognomies. So yeah, I just make up a word. So, uh, so the next time we're going to see Thor is in the Avengers. Anyone want to want to take a guess as to? And of course, we don't know anything about the story, but just speculate. How do you think Thor is going to appear in the Avengers? I think he's going to come. He's going to be the cavalry. It's going to be like a big scene. Loki's going to be there, and then he's going to come out of nowhere and then save well, the day. I do not want to see uh, Thor or anyone. It would it would be Thor though uh, if it was anyone. I don't want to see. I don't want to see a machine of God come in and magically save the movie. You know, I don't want to see the the ex machina, if you will. Um, you know, I I just well, I, I mean, that's literally what Thor is. You know, he well, is he is a he is an ex he is that face of the ex machina. Yes, he is a god, and and you know when. When Heimdall, yes. who, by the way... The, the machine of God may be Mjolnir, huh? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Heimdall, I'd, I'd want him, you dude, know, backing yeah. me up at, down a dark alley. The yeah. dude's just awesome. Heimdall. But um, Heimdall. if Heimdall's watching and he sees everything, he may go, oh, hey, Thor, they, I think they need you down there. Yeah. You know, he might show up that way. I just, we haven't spent one second talking about uh, how impressive the sets were. Maybe yeah. you guys talked about it. I was... But the the Asgardian sets were up freaking amazing. I haven't seen I haven't seen sets that I thought were that well done since go ahead and laugh since David Lynch's Dune. You know you know what's what's funny is is I don't think there were much to those sets. In that I don't think much of it was practical. Much of it was real. 
uh, I think that the CG had a lot to do, and I'm talking about the rooms themselves. Like the furniture, okay. I think was real, but the but the gold walls and and the uh, and 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 you know the city, like the whole the whole pageant where Thor is, is going to be crowned king. You know that that had to have been just like you know, re- really just the floor and and the and the um, the throne, and that was it. But I, it but I agree, it looked beautiful. If John Favreau had been directing it, that would have been real gold filigree laid in. <laughs> We never mentioned uh, Hawkeye's cameo. Yeah. Oh yeah, that was nice. He, Great Jeremy Renner. Yeah, he called him. We heard him call him, refer to him as Barton yeah. once. So, and then he says, "I need eyes in the cage," you know, and the eyes, Hawkeye. And it's cool. He reaches for a gun, and then you see him hesitate, and he know he pulls that bow out. And right, right then, I knew, oh, that's Hawkeye. Well, did you? I don't know how responsive the crowd was, but um, the the crowd um, Thursday night was um, it was it was adequate. It wasn't. It wasn't, you know, stand up and throw toilet paper rolls at the screen or, or you know. Because you know, <laughs> that's what I do when I'm yeah, watching when a movie I, I enjoy. Yeah, when I really love a movie. Yeah. Brad, get out the no, toilet paper. There, there, were, well, there, there weren't sing-alongs or squirt guns or costumes or. Costumes you know, I could understand. Yeah, you know, there, there wasn't any of that stuff. It was just, it was an audience uh, um, that I was surprised how many people seemed to know what the heck was going on with the character Thor. Um yeah, so uh, I thought it was pretty good, but uh, yeah, man, that um, you know, the Rainbow Bridge. I was wondering how they're going to do that and keep it from looking cheesy. I um, told Frank I didn't, I didn't necessarily was certain that that was the Rainbow Bridge okay. because it didn't look gay enough. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, it wasn't and, strips of right color yeah. spectrum. It, it did, it did look sparkly. Yeah. It had all the different. It had Roy G. Biv in it, mm-hmm. you know. Right. Well, no, it was just and and that scene where where Thor hammers that sucker. Yeah. You know, it's just like, is he really going to do this? I kept waiting. You know, it's one of the things I, again, give the, the story uh, the storyteller credit for is that it it wasn't uh, just taking crazy, you know, 90-degree turns and leaving you in the dust. It wasn't, you know, there wasn't stuff just coming out of nowhere. But um, but everything was not just color by numbers. You know, there was enough stuff going on that you didn't, that, that wasn't telegraphed that I just had a, I had a really good time watching. I was, I was... I was surprised at how good a time I had watching. And again, you know, I don't know, I don't know if I would have given it a five out of five, um, but that four and a half out of five, because at one point in the movie I thought, eh, it's dragging a little tiny bit, but then, like I said, it picked up and steamrolled all the way through the uh, the closing credits, and uh, that that was the best, uh, the best add-on scene that I think I've seen yet. Because what it it, uh, was it in the Hulk or where? Where oh. the the first the first one of those uh, Marvel was Iron Man, wasn't it? Cameos, yeah. It was the first movie where first one was where Iron Man. Fury comes up and says, "Hey, I've got my initiative for you to right. join or something," and then that's it. Right. And then the second movie, I'm trying to remember what the snippet was. It was know? it was the hammer. It, no, oh, right. it was yes, it was the hammer. You mean Iron Man two? Yeah. Yeah, it was okay. But then also then at the, the, at the Hulk, end of we? the Incredible Hulk, yeah, Thunderbolt Ross was in the bar and Tony Stark. Walk, okay. Stark walks in and says, "I'm putting a team together." Yeah, nice. And we've learned in Iron Man Two that Iron Man Two and the Incredible Hulk happened simultaneously. Okay. More or less simultaneously. Now that wasn't the the trouble in the Southwest was Thor's hammer. Oh, yes. It wasn't the Hulk because that took place in what South America? No, that took place on a, actually a college campus. I'm not sure where that was. New that was York? not in the Southwest. It was like. I want to say Connecticut for some reason. Yeah, I think it was New York. Yeah, because they were in New York City. Uh, Yeah, Apollo Theater. That's where the whole fight took place. Ed Norton's Hulk? 
Yeah. Yes. Now, okay, maybe I'm thinking of the beginning of the movie, though, when he was truly on the run, wasn't he? Like, oh, he was in Nicaragua. Friend? Nicaragua, okay, because yeah. Because at the end of the first movie, he left and went down south. Right. So that was kind of, it kind of picked up there. You guys think uh, Mark Ruffalo is going to... Uh, I don't think he looks like a Bruce Banner type, but, you know, I yeah. didn't think Willem Dafoe would be a good Green Goblin either, so... Yeah, you know, He did a great job. I mean, it's, it's funny what casting directors see that we don't, because more times than not, they capture magic that, you know, it's just like, no way that character could do it, and then boom, yeah. it works. Yeah, and they're... Uh, and when it doesn't work, we always know it, but... I'm trying to remember, what was the, the last movie I saw where I just thought, it was just, the casting was just nails... Um, but I, I think, uh, uh, yeah, casting, you're right. It, it's unsung. Hey, it just had a crazy idea. I'm th- we're talking about the ending of, of these movies. Well, the, the next movie is Captain America. Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. I'm trying to think, what would the cameo or the special thing be at the end of Captain America? Maybe the, the, the baddie what, for the Avengers? Well, what if we see... It would have to be, right? What if we see a... if Assuming this Captain America movie takes place in World War II. Okay. What if we see a younger Nick Fury who's got two eyes, okay. and we see him somehow at the end being being made aware of the super soldier? Well, he'd have to be really young, because I take it that... Well, in the comics, Nick Fury has been not aging as quickly as right. anybody else because of some kind of... Right. Super secret formula or whatever. So it could be along the same lines in the movies. So maybe he was one of the guinea pigs before. Um, before but maybe he was involved in the army or no. Shield. Maybe he was a junior agent. I need to go back and reread it. Wasn't there? Um, wasn't that addressed in uh, Secret Avengers? Hasn't haven't they made some kind of mention of that? Yeah, he was he was, was like he exposed a, or something. So he does he, have of the age thing. Yeah, yeah. It's been I mean, recently. He was one of the original. Uh, you know, he he was one of the guys that they were experimenting on, uh, trying to get the super soldier formula nailed down. He he has some form of a super soldier formula in him. Right. Do, don't they have? Isn't there a a Marvel series where they kind of address that that they were originally experimenting? On black men and truth, truth. Okay, yeah. And supposedly the first person to ever uh, be well, given the—I never read it, but from what I understand, the first person to ever be given the super soldier formula was a black guy. And like I said, I haven't read it, so I don't know the story, how it ended, or why, up until you know that series came out, why there's never been any mention of it. Yeah. So they probably explained why there—you wouldn't have ever heard of him. Well, and if you but, but they could make that Nick Fury. Yeah, I suppose so. Well, and if you're reading uh, Secret Avengers right now, you're you're wondering uh, who the heck this John Steele character is and, and why he apparently was the first Captain America. Well, he was. There is some historical. He he, he has appeared in the Captain America comic okay. years ago. I think he, I think he was a Captain America at one point. Okay. When Steve Rogers stopped, I can't yeah. get my history right, but it had something to do with that. Don't worry. There's there's a lot of details to pour through. Do you have to leave? I have to leave. That doesn't mean you guys. I'm. My voice is about to. Okay. My voice box is about to fall out. I think we've. I think we've recorded about three shows worth. Here. Yeah, I think we have. But but it'll be. Oh, it's going to be one nice long show. If you guys have been taping since uh, freaking two o'clock, then uh, yeah, we've got enough to split up into two shows easily. In fact, you can split this up into. Uh, 
the uh, the part where you guys are just having a nice, easy show, making a lot of sense with each other, and then the second half could be where I show up. We'll talk about it. Whatever. We'll talk about it. Uh, just yeah, the, actually, the listener will know whether this is going to be one show or two before we do. <laughs> throw it all together and make one show out of it. Um, okay. Um, well, with that, let's give our final ratings. Bill? Yeah, I'm sticking with uh, four and a half reverse flashes uh, and a couple thumbs up. I'll give, I'll give it four and a half reverse flashes also. I'm going to give it four. Okay. Um, not because I didn't like it, but I thought it, it was just, it was what you expected. There, there was nothing extraordinary. It was a great movie, but it was just what what you expected. No, four, four I think, four stars is an absolute hit. Mm-hmm. It is an absolute yeah. out of the park. They nailed it. And I'm, Since you said four and a half, I'm gonna I'm gonna give it four okay. reverse flashes and two flagons of mead. <laughs> nice, nice. All right, well I'll uh, I'll add a serving wench in, but I'm gonna stick with four and a half. Uh, I'm gonna stick with my four and a half stars, uh, just because um, that movie was dang near perfect. And and it's dangerous too because you know you don't ever want to give out the five out of five. You really you know, gotta save that five out of five. You gotta save that five out of five for I don't even know what would get. Five You'll out of know five. when you when it's five Something out of five. Like you're know. gonna see it and it's gonna like that is five out okay, of five. Okay, well you know, okay, I would have given five out of five uh, probably to the first Pirates of the Caribbean movie. I would have given five out of five to Fellowship of the Ring, the extended uh, version especially. Um, there's a couple of movies out there that I think were just. Um, I, I would give strong. Cons- I would have a hard time choosing between four and a half and five for. Uh, 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 Abrams uh, Star Trek movie uh, I'd probably land on four and a half just because how many movies are perfect I'd, it, I'd have to give Aliens five out of five I can see that I'd have to give uh, A New Hope five out of five I could see that too yeah um, I mean it, it would it would be very fanboy podcast to go back and rate your rate your you know the your perfect movie five star movies you know and it could be Anything from freaking Metropolis up to, you know, Saw 7. Are we there yet? (laughs) Yes. (laughs) All right, guys, this was fun. Um, We will see you next time on A Half Hour Waste. I'm not sure what we're going to talk about, but uh, we may have an interview for you, maybe. We don't know. Uh, With an author, maybe, Brad? Uh, Not next show. Okay. So until next time. We may be talking about all our free comic books. We uh, free comic book to everybody. And we will... um, We'll see you next week on half hour. God, why am I stuttering on this? There's, I feel like we're missing out on something. You need the boilerplate, well, sir. No, 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 it's not even the boilerplate. I feel like we're we're missing an item, like we were supposed to. Well, we'll see you. Oh, I remember what it is now. I guess we'll definitely be back for Captain America. We'll have a very in-depth discussion for Captain America sure. when it comes out, which is in a month. So, uh, with that said, guys, see you next time on Half Hour Wasted. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye. Bye.